This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. Well, good morning, First Service. How are you guys doing this morning? Fantastic, man. You guys are always, you know what? You guys are so hyped this morning because of that extra hour of sleep, aren't you? Is that what's, that's what's up right now? Everybody's doing pretty good. They're like, man, I got an extra hour of sleep. It's not really 9.15. It's 10.15 or whatever time it is right now. And so, yeah. You're, you're feeling feeling pretty good right there. And so, man, I'm so glad that you guys are joining us here this morning. Uh, my name's TJ. I'm one of the pastors here, and, and I'm really excited about today. I've, I've actually been really looking forward to last week and to this week and just, just taking some time and kind of having a little bit of a of, of family meeting in a sense and just talking about some things that have been on my heart over the last little bit for, for people in our church and, and I believe for this season of time in our church. And so if you missed last week, I want to encourage you to go uh, onto the internet, onto our website, go to our podcast or go to our website and and listen to last week. Because I think that last week is really, really important um, just kind of as a setup to this week. And just talking about, man, when we have difficult times, when we're going through difficult circumstances, we have those periods of time in our life where it seems like our back is against the wall. How we respond in those moments is going to determine where we end up. And I believe that there's been some things that are going on in people's lives and some different seasons of things that are happening right now where people feel like their back is so far up against the wall that they don't know what to do. And I really believe that God is trying to speak to us and trying to do some things and trying to move us out of that position of living in fear and and just being paralyzed by the moment and moving us into the destiny that it has for us. And, And with that, kind of why that was such a big setup for this week is, is because over the last six to nine months, for me personally, and, uh, and this is going to just be a little bit more personal today uh, about what God is kind of doing in my life. And, and I believe that what God's doing in my life and how he's challenging me right now, I believe is something that's going to probably be a challenge to your life. I believe it's something he's probably trying to get and have happen in your life as well. But over the last six to nine months, I, I've got to say it's probably been... Uh, one of the hardest seasons of my life uh, that I could possibly remember. It's, it's been like uh, my back literally has been against that wall. So I wasn't just preaching a, a really good message last week or something that was like, oh, that just sounds really good because that's the reality uh, of where my life has been. I, I felt like I've been pushed back to this place and and it's been uh, trying spiritually, it's been trying physically, it's been trying in, in, in the church life as a whole, leading our team and leading this church. And, and it's just been one of those seasons where it seems like, man, I'm just kind of paralyzed in the moment based on some circumstances that have been happening or that have happened. And, and, and so today I just thought I would kind of share a little bit about that and, and what God has been sharing with me and what he's been saying to me. And I believe that it's going to be a message that, that God's probably going to say something to you in. Um, and, and let me kind of explain. Uh, almost a year ago, uh, right around this time, we did a series called Give Me Faith. And, uh, and basically in that season, God was, was challenging us as a church. We, we've had a slogan here from, from almost the very beginning that said, we want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. And so we've, we've been passionate about that. We've been trying to always be a church that isn't just confined to the four walls, isn't just confined to a Sunday morning, but it's a church that's out in the community, that's making a difference, that's involved in people's lives, that it's, it's not really about this on Sunday morning. Like, this is cool and this is awesome, but life change doesn't really take take place here. Transformation doesn't really take place here. This might be a good starting point, 
but it's not the end point. And if this is all that it's about, then, then we're missing it. And so, and so we've been passionate about going out into the community and reaching people. And that's why we do things like in Collier City on SOS Children's Village and, and send teams overseas and send people to the Dream Center. And because and we want to reach people. That's what we've always, always, always been about. And, and in that series, we talked about the fact that, man, we, we're seeing all these people come from the east part of town. And, and that if we're going to truly make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church, we realized that people wouldn't cross that barrier called 95. And so we set out on this journey to say, hey, you know what? We're going to go bring the church to them, and we're going to start something on that side of town. And, man, I was, I was full of passion, and I was, I was sure that God had told us to go. And, and so we started moving forward in that. And, and, and along the way, uh, we had had a, a planned opportunity for a, a March of this year launch of a campus in the Pompano Beach, Lighthouse Point area on that side of town near US-1. And um, while we were searching for a place, we, we, we found a local church that had shut their doors and had this building and this facility and another church had taken it over. And, and we started talking with them about the opportunity to um, maybe lease that facility. And over time, we had agreed on, on a 10-year lease with this church for the facility, and we were going to remodel it. We we submitted plans. There's a, there's a set of plans that's sitting in my office today um, to totally remodel this old um, United Methodist Church. And and we were believing that God was going to take something that he created a long time ago, that he started a long time ago, that had, had died, that he was going to resurrect that thing through us and use us to reach people through it. And so we started battling the city of Pompano Beach to, to be able to do some things in there, to change some, some variances that they had and get away with some things that, that were currently allowed in the use and that they didn't really want to allow us to use it. And we battled for months upon months upon months. And finally, we got the city to agree to, to all the changes that we wanted to make. And, and we were going to pick up our, our permit to begin construction um, when this church called me up um, on a Friday afternoon, right as I was talking with one of our trustees of our church, and uh, the, the senior pastor of this church, who I talked to like twice, I'd gone all through their denominational boards and all the different things, uh, called me up, and I was like, hey, Steve, let me, let me, let me call you back, because uh, this guy's calling me, and, and I answer the phone, and um, he says to me, TJ, uh, I know that we have a contract with you and, uh, and all these things, and you've done all this work, but we've decided that we're going to break that contract, and uh, we're not going to allow you to use our facility. And, um, and if, if you want to do something about it, you can basically sue us. Um, and it was, it was one of the most difficult moments of my life because everything within me uh, – my first reaction wasn't, I'm going to sue you. My first reaction is, I'm just going to go burn the freaking place down. <laughs> the pyromania of me when I was a little kid started to come out. And, uh, and I was actually standing outside of our offices, and a, a whole bunch of our staff were actually leaving for the day. And they walked out, and, and I remember being crouched on the ground like this with, you know, just covering my eyes, talking to this pastor on the phone crying, just saying, just hoping that our staff didn't see where I was at in that moment. And, and, and so I went on and I, I tried to sit down with this church. I tried to sit down with its people who are leading it and saying, man, this is just wrong on so many levels. Um, 
you know, this just isn't right. This isn't how we should operate because this is about the big C. It's not about coastal. It's not about the name of your church. It's not about any church. It's about God's church. It's about his kingdom. It's about what's best for him. And, and no matter what I did in that moment, I could not convince them to change their mind. And, and so we had a choice. Are we, are we going to do what we feel like is right? Or are we going to we got to trust God in the moment that he's bigger than our circumstances. And, like, I'll be honest with you. I had this, this period of time where it just was like all of my faith in that moment was shattered. Because everything that I'd been praying for, everything that I'd been hearing, everything that looked like it was perfectly, totally correct. And that... Doors were just flinging wide all of a sudden. Everything, it's like the crap hit the fan. And everything just fell apart in that moment. And not only did it fall apart physically, but internally inside of me, like that hope that we have as an anchor for our soul, which is what Hebrews 6.19 says, all of a sudden was just, like that anchor got severed somewhere and I was just drifting And I've been working through this in, in my own personal life because it's been so difficult. There's been so many different emotions in this season because I know what God said to me two years ago about going and making it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. But every single circumstance that I've been encountering has been like, man, bam, 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 bam. And this is what I know is that I'm probably not the only one that's experiencing that. I'm pretty darn positive, man, that God has spoken things into your life, that he's, he's given you visions of your future, that he's given you ideas of where you're going to go. He's given you a promise of, of a future spouse. He's given you a promise of a future business. He's given you a promise of those things. And you start walking towards that. And it seems like everything you put your hand to in that moment seems to just, it just goes away. And you sit there and you wonder, like, where in the world is God in the midst of this situation? Because up until that point, it's like miracle after miracle after miracle, and I'm just following along with what God is saying in my life. And maybe I'm the only one that's experiencing this, but I have a feeling that we're all going through some of this in some aspect or some area of our lives. Where it's almost like, because of the, of the walls, because of the situation we find ourselves, man, there, there's, there's this like crisis of faith. And I know that God's true, and I know that his promises are, are yes and amen, because that's what the Bible tells me. It just doesn't feel that way in the moment. And over the last couple of months, there's been a, a passage, actually two passages of Scripture that have been really just just challenging me personally. And, uh, and, and I feel like I'm, I've been finally getting some insight. I've been finally getting some direction from God because it's like I was on this spiritual high on this mountaintop and all of a sudden I went into this valley and it was like desolate. Well, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. I didn't know anything. I was just standing on what was said before. And so I started reading in Matthew chapter 14. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles there, um, it's where we're going to hang out today. And I'm just going to, I'm just, this is kind of just a talk. This is way different than, than normal Sunday morning here just because 
I just, I just feel like this is, this is what God wants me to share. And so uh, let me kind of set up what was happening here. Basically, what happened earlier in, in Matthew chapter 14 is, is John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin, uh, is, is murdered. He's killed by Herod, and uh, like that is a bad day. That's his cousin. He's murdered because of, of his proclaiming that the one that is coming uh, after him, which is Jesus, and he ticks Herod off because he tells Herod he shouldn't be uh, taking other people's wives and doing all this stuff. And, and so Herod ends up killing him, and, and Jesus is pretty distraught. Um, he's in a pretty dark place because all of a sudden, like, man, there's this realization that, that this is not a good spot. And in the midst of the darkness that he's in, the crowds of people continue to come after him. The crowds of people continue to show up and want to hear from him, want to see miracles, want to have those things happen in their lives. And, and so what happens is, is right before we, we dive into this story in verse 22 is, is the feeding of the 5,000 takes place where basically there's, it says, the Bible says there's like 5,000 men. Historians say that with women and children, there's probably somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people. Jesus takes five loaves and two fish. We've all heard the Sunday school story on the flannel graph. You know, you see the five loaves and the two fish, and uh, he takes it, he blesses it, and he breaks it, and he hands it to the disciples. The disciples go and pass it out, feeds everybody. There's, there's, basket lo- there's baskets full after that, and it's just like this amazing, unbelievable miracle that God has done. And then in, in verse 22, this is what happens. It says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they were climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Truly you are the Son of God. I, I, this, this passage of Scripture has, has been messing with me for months because I look at it, and, and I always see just the, the, the Peter walking on water, and that's, you know, that's what most people preach out of. That's what most people focus on. But the reality is, is that there are three groups of people that are in this story. And there's, there's, in those three groups of people, there are decisions that are made that are going to greatly impact the destiny of their life. There's a group of people that, that decide that they are going to stay on the shore of life. See, what's happening in the story is Jesus has just literally performed one of the greatest feasts that anybody had ever seen. He took basically nothing and turned it into something. And not only was it something, but it was more than enough. 
and feeding of the 5,000. I mean, it was an overwhelming miracle. I mean, the disciples were probably ranting and raving. They were probably going crazy. You know, the kid that gave up the two five loaves and two fish, he was going nuts. He was blown away by what Jesus just did with the little bit that he had. And all of a sudden, man, there's all these people, 20,000 plus people that have just experienced one of the greatest miracles of all time. And, and Jesus is all of a sudden, he's telling people like, hey, it's, it's time to get in the boat. Let's, let's, let's push off from here. And there's a choice there that people have. They can stay where the miracle just took place because that's a comfortable place. See, this is what I know about my life and probably yours is that when God does something incredible in my life, I want to stay right in that spot. Because that's right where I last saw him. That's right where I last experienced him. That's right where that thing was that I was looking for happened. And what happens is Jesus starts moving from that place. But because that was my last place of comfort, that's where I stay. The funny thing is, is there's 20,000 people. And it says the disciples got in the boat. Which means that the majority of people stay where it's comfortable. Instead of moving to the place That God's calling us to go. See, the interesting thing is, is Jesus told the disciples to go. He didn't signify, he said disciples. That were people that were following him. There were a lot of disciples. It wasn't just the 12. Here's the significant part. We limit a lot of the Bible to, we think it's only 12 guys in Jesus. There were a lot more people that were following Jesus everywhere. But a lot of us, we experience something that's amazing. Maybe we finally get that relationship that we've always wanted and we stop moving from that point. Maybe we start the business that we've always dreamed of and we never take another risk. Maybe we get the job that we've always wanted and we never move into the destiny that God had for us because that was just a stepping stone to his next place. Because that was the miracle we had, and we became comfortable in that place. Comfort, I think, is one of the greatest killers to miracles in our life. It's one of the greatest killers to us living and walking out the destiny that God has for you and I. Because whenever we think of comfort, we think of safety. See, ground doesn't move. Water has a tendency to move. Unless we live in California, then ground moves. See, but this is the thing. God spoke a word. He said, go to the other side. The miracles have taken place. Maybe you gave your life to Christ, but you've never taken that next step to fully surrender your life to him. You've believed him for salvation, but you haven't surrendered your life in devotion. Because that's a little bit scarier to give up yourself. Oh my gosh. Maybe, maybe you started giving financially, saying that you're going to trust God, but you haven't started tithing because that's a little bit scarier, saying, like, I'm going to give you 10% of my income. I don't know what it is for you, but I believe that right now there's a lot of us that we've seen God move and we've just become really comfortable. And we've decided that, man, I'm going to stay in comfort rather than listening to the voice of God, because the voice of God also gave people an option to get in the boat. 
It gave people an option to get in the boat. And see, I, I love the idea of getting in the boat. It's about getting away from what just happened to moving on to the next thing that God has. And, and so many times what happens in our life is, is that we move on from a miracle and we start getting ahead and we look back and we see the crowds of people who stop and we see what God has done in our lives. And because we've seen what God does in our lives and even though there might be some, some obstacles, there might be some wind, there might be some, some time that it isn't going as smooth as we would like it to go, we're able to look back on the shore and see all the people that we left behind and all of a sudden we start to become complacent because we think man I'm, I'm doing better than most that's what happens to me a lot of my time in, in my life is I start looking around at other people and I start doing the comparison game because the comparison game is really really good as long as I'm looking at people that are not as good as me come on y'all know you do it too you know you're looking around and you're being like man I'm so much better than they are don't lie to yourself. You know you are. I mean, you think, you think, man, I'm better looking than that guy over there. You don't want to look over here because that dude's better looking than you. So you're going to focus over here, you know. And, and you, because the p- comparison game causes you to look back at people that are behind you. It's really easy to get in boats and get further ahead and be a little bit further along spiritually and just think, man, that this is a good place to be because I've gone further than other people. Man, I can just become complacent here. I don't need to do anything more than what I've already done because I've already done more than most have. As a whole, this is where churches as a whole get stuck. Because they look around and say, you know what, we've, we've reached however many people. We're like, we're, we're, we're satisfied. We're satisfied. It's where you get complacent in a relationship. And you say, like, mine's better than most. And so you stop doing more than you have to in that relationship. And what was once really, really good all of a sudden starts to drift back. Because this is what I know. As long as we're not pushing forward, we're always falling back. And the funny thing about this story is that these disciples, they were on a three to four hour boat ride that literally was taking them 10 to 12 hours. Which meant that they, they weren't making forward progress, they were actually drifting. And drift is so easy in our lives. So easy. All it takes is us not paying attention for a little bit. If you've ever gone to the beach, you know that drift happens without intention. You swim out and you're hanging out, you're body surfing, and you started at Deerfield Pier. And before long, you're down at South Beach. Like if you're not paying attention, it's it's that subtle. You like look up and you're like, why is everybody naked on the beach? Like, I'm not at Hillsboro anymore. Because we become complacent. 
The third choice we have there, and, and I want you guys to cross this out because it's not walking on water. Our third choice is never to walk on water. Our third choice, really, and this is what I want you to write in there, is, is, is to get out of the boat. See, we don't, we don't get to choose to walk on water. We get to choose if we get out of the boat or not. This is the part of the story that, that really started messing with me because I started looking at my life and I started just realizing, like, man, this is my problem. Getting out of the boat is all about me losing control. It's all about me letting go of the illusion of control that I have. Because it's so important. Because the thing that Jesus is saying is he's saying, go. And then he looks at Peter and he says, come. He says, I want you to venture out into the mystery of the unknown. I want you to take a step into something that you don't know, that you don't understand, that you can't comprehend, that you don't, you don't fully see. I just want you to venture out with me. As I was studying this, I, I, I found this definition of mystery that just kind of messed me up because it says it's a pleasure excursion to an unidentified destination. And Jesus is continually calling us and telling us to go and telling us to come into this unidentifiable excursion that is pleasurable. We just can't see it because we look at the situation we go, that's freaking nuts. We go, that is absolutely crazy. And the only progress that is truly made on this trip that they're on is when somebody does the unthinkable and the unimaginable and jumps outside of the boat. Because their progress had been halted. Jesus is up on a mountain watching these dudes struggle all night to move virtually nowhere. And until somebody jumps out of the boat, they don't move forward. I love what uh, A.W. Tozier says. He says, he said this, the reason why many of us are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress is because we haven't yet come to the end of ourselves. We are still trying to give orders and interfering with God's work within us. I can imagine that, that boat ride. I can imagine those guys, come on, come on, row, row, row. Come on, let's go forward, let's go forward. And they're going nowhere because they're still in control. And all of a sudden, that moment changes with one word with, from Jesus, which is come. All of a sudden, everything that's been halting them, everything that's been stopping them, everything that's been keeping them from reaching the destination that God has for their lives comes to a, a, a spearhead when Jesus says come. And without hesitation, without thinking about it, without doing anything, Peter jumps from the boat. And let me just tell you something. One word from God can absolutely transform your life if you'll respond to it. One word from God can totally transform your marriage. One word from God can set you up to start that business. One word from God can give you that career that you're looking for. One word from God can radically transform your life if you'll take that word. And you'll act on it. And you'll live it. And you'll just go for it with reckless abandon. And listen, there may be a thousand voices telling you that you're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not the right skin tone. You're too educated. You got too much money. You don't have enough money. You're ugly. You're fat. You're pretty. You're thin. There's lots of voices that you telling all those different things. But only one voice matters in the moment. And that's the voice of Jesus. 
I'm going Pentecostal on y'all right now. <laughs> but if you have one word from God, one word, you can go where they said you couldn't go. You can do what they said you couldn't do. You can be what they said you couldn't be. You can have what they said you would never have. Peter had one word, come. That's all he had, but that's all he needed. That's all he had, but that's all he needed. And let me just tell you something. I guarantee those disciples argued with him. Those disciples fought with him. They told him it was impossible. They begged him not to be stupid and jump out of their boat. They did all of that stuff. They, in fact, this is the thing that I found about people is they will try to keep you in the place where they are. But Peter had a word. Peter had a word, and it was come. And every single person in that boat had that same opportunity. They had the same opportunity to jump out. And it wasn't jumping out to a physical place. It was jumping out into an experience. It was jumping out into a deeper level of trust. It was jumping out into believing that if God says I can, then I can. And if God says he wants me to, then I need to. And let me just say this. Let me, Jesus didn't force anybody out of the boat. Jesus didn't yell at them to get out of the boat. In fact, Jesus wasn't even mad at the people that didn't even get out of the boat. But what Jesus was doing is he was inviting all of them to experience a deeper level of trust with him. And let me just say this. I believe that today Jesus is ex is extending an invitation for every single one of us to have a deeper level of trust and intimacy with him. But it starts with one step. It starts with one step. And this is that one step that separated Peter from the rest of the disciples. It's the one step that... that, that Separated him from being a watcher into a doer, from being a, a boat sitter to a water walker. And it's the one step that, that separates us from being all that God said we could be to just being like everybody else. And I believe that, that God today is, is, is challenging all of us to, to take that step. And I know that some of you guys go, well, you don't understand my step. I might get wet in my step. I mean, I might, I might drown in your step. You know what? You might. But I would rather get wet with Jesus than stay on the boat and live aimlessly for the rest of my life. Just wondering and hoping and, and looking back and, and regretting what could have and should have been for my life because I wasn't able or willing to take that step that God was asking me to do. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather fail at something great for God than do nothing at all with my life. Jesus says, come. He says, come. He says, come. For you, it, it's probably not even a place. When we think of Jesus saying, come, we think, man, he's, he's trying to take me somewhere. Well, no, maybe, maybe he's trying to get you to make a decision. Maybe he's trying to get you to start that business that he's put in your heart all those years ago. Maybe he's trying to get you to get some gumption and ask that girl out, guys. Maybe girls, he's trying to get you to trust 
that he can bring you that guy and you don't have to go seek him yourself. Maybe it is a step for you to go back to school to get that degree so you can have that career. Maybe it's a step to trust him fully, not only with your life, but with your finances. Maybe it is you packing up your bags and leaving and going somewhere. But Jesus is saying to every one of us, come at said level. And what he's trying to do is he isn't trying to get you to a place. He's trying to get you to, to become a person that he's called you to be. See, he, this, is, this is the problem that, that we, we, we've made Jesus all of this health help to get us to a place where we want to go. We think it's all about the destiny. It's all about the end game. And I, I, from everything that I see in the Bible, I really think Jesus could really give a crap about where you end up. He's more concerned with who you're becoming. And if you'll become who he's called you to be, you'll end up in the destination where he wants you to go. But if we don't ever become, we'll never be ready for the destination. And this step that Peter is making is all about him becoming the person that he could build a church around, his rock. Somebody that would trust him unbelievably. And I started to think about this for my life because this is, this is a step that I've been struggling with more than anything else because I like comfort. I like security. Man, I become complacent in life. I might be the only one in this room, but I'll admit that that's me. And so God has been super challenging me, and he's been asking me, like, why are you not willing to step out of the boat? Why are you not willing to do that? And, and I think it really comes out of this verse in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, and earlier in chapter 11, in the, and after this in chapter 12, it's all talking about all the people who made huge steps of faith, that, that they trusted God no matter what the circumstances, no matter what the promise was, no matter what the circumstances and what it was going to look like and what might happen to them, they just trusted. And I say to myself, that's really awesome. But that's not always quite me. And I think the reason that, that that's not me is because is it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, I believe that there's some things in our lives that hinder us and trip us up from stepping outside the boat. A lot of them have to do with the fact that it's, it's the unknown. It's the unknown, and when God asks us to do something, typically whatever God asks us to do, it doesn't make one bit of sense at all. Like getting out of the boat in the middle of the sea makes no sense whatsoever. Because what I see or what I don't see scares the crap out of me. And I'm guessing probably for your situation and for your circumstances, you look around and you go, this makes absolutely no sense, Jesus, what you're asking me to do. You want me to do what? Huh? You cray cray, bro. I ain't doing it. Like, we look at it and we go, you are freaking out of your mind, Jesus. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Because we're, what we're doing is we're looking at all the obstacles that are separating us from God. From separating us from, like, those waves. I got weights. Weights make you sink. 
My name is Peter. That means rock. I have a feeling Peter was fat. And Peter was just... He wasn't a buoy. He was a weight. Okay? And we look at those obstacles and we, we stop imagining what God could do. We stop imagining that God could remove the obstacles and make a way where there is no way. I love what Mark Batterson says. He says this. He says, at some point in all of our lives, most of us stop living out of imagination and start living out of memory. And that's the day we stop living and start dying. See, we've, we've already experienced trying to get out of the boat and walking on water at some point in our lives when we stepped into a pool and we sank. And so we say, man, there's no way that that could happen. When we were kids, we believed anything was happening. We'd make stuff up. We'd be living in fantasy land half of our lives. But then as we got older and we experienced some things, all of a sudden we say, oh, that's not possible. We start boxing God into what he can do. And we stop looking to God and saying, man, God, you, you, can, you can get past this. And I've just, God's really been speaking to me and, and, and telling me, man, your responsibility isn't to make sense of your situation. Your responsibility is to be obedient in your situation. And I hate that. I do, man. I'm, I'm just honest. Like, I struggle with that. Like, I like making sense. I like comprehending. I like understanding. I like seeing and God's saying, step out when it doesn't make sense. Do it when you don't have all the answers. Some of you, God's saying, now's the time. Now's the time. What are you going to do in that moment? That's why Jesus told us to take courage, because we have to have courage to step out when it doesn't make sense. We have to have courage in those moments. I think another part that just straight up fact is that, man, it's going to be scary because we look around and we see what we see and all of a sudden feelings come into our lives. And feelings are interesting things. And, and this is what I know is faith and fear, you know, that main feeling that most of us experience, both of those things, faith and fear, demand that we believe in something that is not there at that moment. The choice is ours, which one we're going to believe. Because here's the thing. The very thing that we're fearing has not happened yet, and the very thing that we're hoping for has not transpired. Which one are we going to buy into? We get that option. We get to choose. And here's what I do. I have three choices for me what I'm going to do with fear. A lot of times I, I put it inward, which means I internalize it. And when I internalize it, I shut down, I go hide in the corner, and I suck my thumb. Or I push it out. That's my second option. I let fear go out, which means I lash out and I hurt other people because I'm afraid. Or the third option is I go up with it and I put my eyes on Jesus in the midst of my scared situation. I realize that he's my strong tower that I can run to in that moment. This is what I know. This God has not called us to save Christianity. Because save Christianity is mediocre Christianity. 
God has called us to live a faith-filled life that's not based on fears and distrust that we have, but, man, is based on what we can do for God. Because we cannot let what we can't control control us. We can only do what God has called us to do. And for most of us, we can't control whether we sink, but we can control whether we get out of the boat. That's what we can control. We can control whether we're going to stay in and be safe or we're going to step out and hope God shows up in our situation. And this is where I'm at right now in my life. I'm at a place where, you know what, I've been, I've been sitting there on the sidelines of the boat watching it go just beat against wave after wave after wave after wave. And Jesus has been saying, come all this time. And I've been like, man, God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That doesn't make any sense to me. God, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this moment. And Jesus said, I already said, come. I already said, come. And what happened for me is that I took my eyes off of Jesus and I put it on my circumstances. And I'm going to guess in your life, you've probably taken your eyes off of Jesus as well and put it on your circumstances. And the word has never changed. He's just been waiting for us to respond to it. He's been waiting for us to step out of the boat. He's saying, it's time to put our eyes back on the prize. It's time to focus on the thing that we should be focusing on. And this is what I found about Jesus. Jesus demands more than I could ever imagine, but he gives me more than I could ever respond to. And Jesus right now is, is challenging me to do more than I've ever done before, but I know that Jesus is going to show up bigger than I've ever seen in my life. And this is what I know about your situation. Jesus is demanding more of you than you could ever imagine, but he's just waiting for you to take that step so he can show up in a bigger way than he's ever shown up. And today is the day that you have to, you have to reckon within your heart and you have to reckon within your life, who am I going to put my focus on? Am I, is it going to be myself? Because the reality is, is it ourself that's keeping us in the boat or keeping us on the shore. And today, God is challenging us. God is calling us out. God is saying, man, it's time for you. Listen, you don't know where you're going to end up, but it's time for you to get out of the boat. And the responsibility when you step out of the boat, that's not your responsibility anymore. That's mine. Because when we step out of the boat, that's when we're going to recognize, because it says at the end of that, that they all worshiped God because they recognized that he was their Savior. And how do we do that? In verse 2 of Hebrews, it says we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So here's what it means for me and for our church as a whole. It means that January 26 of 2014, we're launching that Pompano Beach campus. At Movie Co. on the corner of US 1 and Copens Road. And uh, we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. Do we have everything figured out? No. Do we understand how it's all going to work out? No. Do we have all the money that we need for it? No. But it doesn't matter because we have a word from God. 
what boat do you need to get out of today? That boat might be a relationship that you're in currently. The boat that you might need to jump out of is that boat that's going to launch you into that business that you've been dreaming of. Maybe for some of you, the boat that you need to get out of is the boat of living for yourself and make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You've been checking out God for a long time. You've been seeing what he's all about. And today he's calling you and he's saying, come. Know me. Know me. Experience me. sing a song here in a moment and I just want to read these lyrics to you because this is really my prayer for myself for you for our church for the church it's from a song called Oceans by Hillsong it says this is one of the verses or choruses I don't know what it is it says spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. God, I just come before you and I just pray today that all of us would be led by your spirit, God, to to go to places where we're not boxed in by what we think, by what we understand, by, by what we can comprehend, by our feelings, but that we would be borderless into devotion with you, God. That we wouldn't stay on the shore of our comfort and our security, God. That we wouldn't allow ourselves to sit in the boat and just be complacent, staying where we are. But God, that we would jump out when you call to us. When you say come, that we would respond with a heart that says, God, whatever you want. And God, and this is what I know, that all of our steps are going to look way different. All of our comes are not going to be the same. But they're all acts of faith. This is what I know is that when we step out in faith, trusting you, we're always in the presence of our Savior. Because when Peter stepped out of his boat, Jesus was right there. Father, mess us up. My prayer is that every single one of us would have this unquenchable, unconsolable desire to be obedient to what you say to us. God, I not pray that people won't be like me and, and, and sit on the edge for so long, but God, that they would take that step 
immediately. God, I repent before our church for a lack of faith. In my life personally. God, make us make this song our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.